hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. Kurofano. And a big hello to our online audience. Great that you can join us today as well. Who loves Christmas? Christmas is coming. It's a time of celebration and joy. And, uh, and it's a time, it's a window of opportunity where we can share Christ. I mean, there's Christmas carols going out and it's a time that we can witness and share the good news of Jesus Christ. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, we can celebrate the fact that God gave us Jesus. And so Christmas gives us opportunities to share the gospel, the good news, because people are in holiday mode. They're not so busy. So there's times for uh, conversation where we can share our testimony and share the love of Christ. Now, the other thing I love about Christmas is Christmas holidays and the opportunity to go fishing. We got any other fishermen in here today? Oh, you get the fishing rod out, you get the new line on it, and, and off fishing you go. And I, I personally love catching blue cod. I mean, I haven't got the patience for those other fish. Blue cod, I mean, you're just harvesting fish. I mean, you're just pulling them into the boat. It's good fun. And so I, I love blue cod. I love to, to catch them. And uh, they're a beautiful fish. They basically uh, have a set of lips, two eyes, a tail, and beautiful fillets that run up either side of the body. And uh, oh, they taste delicious. And, uh, and um, I've got a picture up here of Nico when he was younger with a blue cod. Little Nico, wasn't he cute? Out fishing, and that's not actually a big blue cod, it's probably about 40 centimetres, but we have had them over 50 centimetres before, and uh, they're fun to catch, and they're even better to eat. Uh, now, to catch blue cod, you, you need to really get out on a boat. They're out a little bit deeper, and uh, it's good to have a GPS, because they can take you straight out to the spot. They, they live on a reef, and uh, they, they live right at the bottom, and so you've got to catch them right at the bottom, and uh, it's so fun. You, you kind of drop your, your line down, and, uh, and you do something uh, called striking when it comes to blue cod, because they come and nibble on the bait, and striking is you get a bit of you know, leg set, and you, wow, you whack that hook up into their mouth so that uh, you can catch them. And uh, I got another little trick when I catch the first one. I just sit there shaking it around a little bit because it gets in a frenzy and, and it swirls up around the bottom. And guess what? It actually attracts more blue cod. Like they go, oh, what's going on over here? There's somebody in stress and a bit of danger. We'll go and check it out. And, uh, and then they see their mates getting, you know, biting the bait and being yanked out of the water and they line up for their turn. They're not that clever, blue cod. I mean, uh, they live in a school, but they're not that smart. But, uh, but I'd like to propose that we are perhaps smarter than a blue cod. We wouldn't uh, 
see a baited hook and our, our, our friends taking it and line up for our turn, would we? Or would we? Are we smarter than a blue cod? But it doesn't go well for the blue cod. I mean, this is what actually happens to them. I mean, they get hooked, they get taken out of the water, and when they come up onto the boat, I, I bleed them, which is basically cut their throats, and then I go on to, to fillet them, and then I'll go on to batter them, and then I'll go on to cook them, and then I'll go on to eat them. Doesn't go well for the blue cod, does it? <laughs> I, I wonder if they wish they didn't bite that hook, you know? Are we smarter than a blue cod? That's my question today. And today I'm going to be talking about temptation. Ooh. Temptation, sense of desire for something that is wrong or sinful. Who here has ever given in to temptation and regretted it? That's like all of us, isn't it? Maybe we're not as smart as a blue cod. <laughs> now, uh, for me, my, I had an addiction when I was in my late teens, early 20s, and it was alcohol addiction. I loved alcohol. I loved the taste. Uh, I loved the feeling. Um, I loved the social aspect, but alcohol wasn't good for me. It was ruining my life, it was ruining my reputation, it was ruining my health, it was keeping me broke. And then Sundays, all the hangover, feeling the guilt, the shame, the remorse, oh my goodness, frustrated and feeling defeated. Oh, it wasn't good for me, but that was the baited hook for me and my temptation. And I can actually remember being a young Christian, and anxious and nervous about Christmas because I would need to be around friends and family and they would be drinking and what was I going to say? How was I going to behave? They're going to be saying, why aren't you drinking? What's wrong with you? How was I going to answer that? Can I avoid it? No, I can't really. Ah, all the great things that come with Christmas, there's also something that I would call the Christmas temptation because we have a lot of spare time and it's a time where the devil who comes but to rob, kill and destroy, who wants to ruin our lives, can tempt us. And so I've got a, a little bag of tricks up here, a few sermon illustrations today. And my first one, this is a lure. <laughs> and a lure is used to entice, to tempt, and even to seduce. And so this is a picture of what temptation looks like. Oh, look at that shiny, delicious, oh, little thing. And then, then there's three hooks on the end of it. This is a picture of temptation. And remember, the devil comes but to rob, kill, and destroy. Jesus has come that you may have life and life to the full and life in abundance. But the devil is real, and this is what he wants to do. He wants to lure you, entice you, tempt you. And uh, when we're fishing for blue cod, they, 
we don't use a lure because they're right at the bottom. So you can't kind of get it to go along the bottom. You're kind of straight down and up. So you can try and muck around with a lure, but they don't really work. You're better to put bait right at the bottom where the blue cod are. And here, here I have a trace. And this is typically what you use for blue cod um, as a trace. And I haven't got a, a sinker on the bottom or the swivel at the top, but um, you've got a couple of hooks and uh, these get right down to the bottom. And, oh, there we go. And, uh, and you just got a sinker at the bottom and a swivel at the top and you get it down there to lure them. And uh, what we use for bait is we all normally start, don't we, know, with a box of squid. And you'll catch a parrot fish or a jock steward or something, and then you'll put that on. It's got a thicker skin. But you start with a bit of squid. And uh, I don't know, it's not that tempting to me, a bit of squid, but it is to a blue cod. I mean, ooh. Bit of squid, I think that might be up from its head somewhere. And uh, you can get washed squid and unwashed, and this is a bit of unwashed. And can you see that? Like a bit of guts and a bit of, <laughs> bit of brain. Or, hey? Can you smell it? It's not good. But a bit of squid, like uh, blue cod, love it. Um, is, that, is that tempting, Raphael? No. no. Oh. oh, actually. Tastes like it smells. Oh, it's chewy. Might be chewing this for a while. Oh, oh, that's not that tempting to me. Yeah, nah, not tempting for you guys. I don't think the devil would tempt me with a bit of squid. Maybe for that to be the last piece. But this used to be my temptation, the old alcohol on a, on a hook, you know, dangling that in front of me, you know, looking to oh, entice me, you know. Oh, get in there. Ah. Anyone else that, you know, alcohol addiction's been something that you've had to face, beat, maybe you're still struggling with that one. That was one for me. And what about this one, the old modern one, the phone? <laughs> How many people just waste their life on their phone, just scrolling, 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 scrolling? And not only is the phone like an addiction these days or a temptation, but there's other things like pornography that is attached to your phone. And here's the thing about pornography, you don't need to go looking for it, it's looking for you. And so there's great things associated with a phone, like you can ring people, you can check your emails, you can work from it, do great things with a phone. Bible app, you know? But there's also bad things that can be associated with a phone. And, oh, this one. Oh, this one here. Money. Hey, money's good. Money's great. I mean, money gives you choices. It can be sown into the kingdom of God. It can be given to charities. Money in the hands of a righteous person is a righteous thing. Money is good. But the problem is with money, it can be a lure. Because what can actually happen is people love the power, 
the control, the choices that it gives us. And so this can lure us away from God if we love it too much. And so it can become a lure. And then the other thing that you've got this time of year is the uh, temptation to spend money you haven't got and get yourself into financial debt. You know, you, if you spend more than you earn, oh, you're going to come into some agony sooner or later in your life. And so these are the lures that the, the devil wants to use, the one who comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And um, this might have been like what drugs looked like back in the day. Little foil, a little bag. I think it looks more like a bag of sugar these days, the, uh, the drugs. But, uh, you know, it can be tempting for some people. And then there's gambling. Oh, and I think about the, uh, you know, those little dark corners in hotels where people can hide away. And they make them dark and hidden away because the people that are in there don't want people to know that they've been there for 12, 14, 16 hours in a day. And they have little flashing lights and jingles that will actually cause addiction in people's lives. So gambling is a real one. And then there's TAB, Lotto, or, I mean, there's Instant Kiwi, all sorts of gambling that can addict you. Oh, and then there's gaming. <laughs> Someone's probably going to be looking for this this afternoon. <laughs> Again, like people can spend hours hours, hours just on these things. It's not the real world, it's not the real life, nothing wrong with gaming, but if all of a sudden you're gaming 16 hours a day, maybe you've got an addiction. So there's all sorts of addiction, I mean a, a modern one is vaping and uh, you know that's an addiction that's after our young people. Flavours like bubble gum and Skittles and strawberry sherbet, I don't know, they're after our kids, and they say it's not harmful. Well, that's a lie because they've proven that it's a carcinogenic when it's heated, and it's going to cause all kinds of issues down the track for our young people. And then there's temptations like the temptation to quit, the temptation to gossip. I mean, I don't know what your, your temptations are, but we all have temptations. And isn't it good that we're smarter than a blue card and we can all see the hook and we don't fall into the same old traps? Because we've got intelligent minds and we can look ahead and go, I'm not going to do this. I can see where this will take me. Let's go to Matthew 4, verse 1 to 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That just blows my mind, that scripture. That God would lead Jesus out into the wilderness for him to be tempted. Why? I wonder if it's because uh, Adam and Eve fell into temptation that Jesus had to conquer it for us. But, I, but one thing I do love is that Jesus demonstrates to us how to overcome temptation and shows us how to beat temptation. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. 
The devil is an opportunist. Jesus has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the devil comes to him. He would have been hungry after day one. I would be. I am. Mate, I can be tempted after just a few hours. <laughs> Jesus was hungry after day one, after day seven, after day 21, after day 28, after day 39. But the devil waited till he was at his hungriest point and he was most vulnerable. Then he came to him. None, no one in here is feeling too tempted right now, are we? Like uh, we've had worship and now you're hearing the word of God and you're very strong and resilient right now. The devil's not going to try and tempt you right now. He'll wait till about 11 o'clock tonight when you're tired and alone and isolated. He's an opportunist. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How did Jesus defeat him? With the word of God. Think about the armor of God, the sword, our tongue, the word of God is our weapon. It's our attacking weapon. And Jesus was quick to answer. I propose that he was meditating on the word of God. The word of God was within him, and uh, he was quick to use the word of God. And uh, there's an analogy I want to give you, and it's hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato. What happens when, you throw, when somebody throws you a hot potato? You don't, like Garth on the bench warmers, hold it in your hands, and it begins to burn. I mean, you throw it quickly, don't you? A hot potato. And that's what Jesus does here. The devil tempts him, and like a hot potato, he throws that thought out. He takes every thought captive. He throws that thought out and goes, no, and declares the word of God. See how it's a hot potato? I mean, for me, I don't get it right all the time. I'd be like, ooh, I am hungry. Hot bread would be nice. Melted butter over it. Oh, garlic butter. <laughs> you know, see how you can begin to play with the, the temptation? See how Jesus treated it like a hot potato? Threw that thought straight out and said it is written and didn't meditate or entice the temptation in his mind. Now verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, it's the word of God. He's straight there with an answer, and it's the meditated word of God that's within him. He doesn't play with the temptation. He gets rid of it quickly. Verse 8, again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him the, all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. The devil is persistent. Here he, like, a, I'll come from this angle, I'll come from this angle, now I'll try this angle. 
Then Jesus said to him, I love this, away with you, Satan. He should have said that the first time, shouldn't he? But he said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. I want to demonstrate that the devil basically uses three forms of temptation, three types of bait for us, and we can see this in 1 John 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of, of this world. So the devil's a three-trick pony. He's got three tricks. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride. And we see this with these temptations. Jesus was hungry, turned these stones into bread. His flesh was hungry, lust of the flesh. And then he took him up onto the temple and said, throw yourself down and the angels will catch you. He was tempting him with pride. Look how amazing you are. Angels will catch you. And then the third one was he took him up onto that mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and said, these are yours if you bow down to me. Lust of the eye. And we also see this with the fruit in the garden. The devil came to Adam and Eve and says, doesn't it look good? Oh, just look at it. Just look at it. Look at that. Lust of the eye. And then lust of the flesh. Oh, that will taste good. That will be delicious. And then pride. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride. And I've heard the phrase that goes with temptation, that it is the gold, the girls, and the glory. But again, uh, the gold, I mean, for Judas, the lust of the eye. Money, 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 money. And then the girls, I mean, look at uh, Samson and David. They gave in to the lust of the flesh, and it didn't go well for them, did it? And then we look at Lucifer, the pride, the glory, wanting to be like God sit on his throne. The gold, the girls, the glory, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride. The devil wants to hook you, reel you in, so that he can bleed you, fillet you, fry you, and eat you. Isn't it good that we can see the hook? Isn't it good that we can see the schemes of the devil? Isn't it good that we can think ahead and go, no, 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 I don't want to end up in the frying pan and eaten So since we are smarter than blue cod, let's look at the hook and process temptation and where it will take us. So, so imagine me and a girl, it's not my wife, starts giving me the little bit of glad eye. <laughs> kind of a little bit of ha, 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 laughing at all my jokes, even my jokes that aren't funny. <laughs> Telling me that I'm amazing. Making me feel good. Actually, yeah, where will this take me? <laughs> lose my marriage, lose my family, lose my job, lose my reputation. Oh, I'm not going to take that shiny lure because there's a hook in it. Isn't it great that we're smarter than a blue card? Lisa, she has choices all the time. She's fighting men off all, all the time. <laughs> 
Oh. Oh, mate. Yeah. So I've got to be the man that completely fulfills her that there's no desire in her to want another man. So what do we do? We water our own gardens. Can I hear an amen? amen. We drink from our own wells. Amen. We don't be lured or tempted because it will take us into destruction. And what does the Bible tell us to do? To flee from sexual immorality. That means run away from it. Don't take the hook. And Joseph illustrates that. You're better to lose your coat than to lose your reputation. When feeling tempted, it is always a good thing to process. Where will I end up if I follow through? What will the final outcome look like? That's wisdom. I personally want to take every thought captive and have strong boundaries around my life. I want to draw near to God. Why? So that he will draw near to me. You see, the devil wants to hook you. He wants to rob, kill, and destroy from your life. The devil wants to reel you in, bleed you, fillet you, fry you up, and eat you. And there's even some people in here that will boil up the heads of a blue cod, <laughs> chew on the lips and suck out the eyeballs. Doesn't go well for the blue cod, does it? Isn't it good that we can see the hook and we're smarter than that? Temptation promises freedom, but it makes us a slave. There is always a hook. And what is it with human nature that... Um, where's the boundary? Oh, there's the boundary. Like, I'll, I'll get right up as close to the boundary as I can. That's a cliff, and if I go over that cliff, it's death and destruction. But oh, oh, We want to get as close to that edge of sin as we can. But hey, what about wisdom? There's the danger. I'm going to make my boundary back here. <laughs> so there's a a margin between me and the edge. When your values are clear, our decision-making is easier. So what are our values? Why do I want to keep away from that edge? Because my values want me to stay away from that edge. Can I get uh, Jono up on the keys, please? Did you know that it takes energy to fight temptation? And so that's why you want to make your, your decisions clear and stay right away. And that's why the, uh, you're often given to temptations late at night because you've been resisting all day and you're tired. And remember, the devil is an opportunist. And it's hard to live a new life, a new life in Christ when you have a secret stash of the old life. Something that we need to identify sinners as doors and doors of opportunity. And so what doors do we need to shut and need to close? And something that's really good is to be accountable to somebody and confess our faults to one another. Proverbs 4 verse 14 and 15. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. 
avoid it. See that? Avoid it. Do not travel on it, turn away from it, and pass on. Why would you fight temptation when you can simply avoid it? Why would you have tempting apps on your phone when you don't even when you when you don't need to have them there? Well, you can have blocks in place, boundaries in place. Leave the phone with somebody else. Like, why fight temptation if you can avoid it? If you can, if we're smarter than the blue card and we want to pull back our boundaries, we can think through what is it that I want to do to keep myself safe and to even avoid the temptation. Why would I resist temptation in the future if I have the power right now to eliminate that temptation for later on? If you're an alcoholic, don't go to the bar. If you're a drug addict, don't have a stash in your drawers. If you're into pornography and it's a temptation, have the necessary blocks in place. And if you're a gossiper, Bite your tongue. Better to have blood in your mouth. Breaking a cycle of addiction means closing the door on every temptation. And I just want to say this. It takes total commitment. Total commitment. If you're like, oh, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. You're going to fall back into it. It takes total commitment to defeat the temptations and addictions. To beat addictions and the temptations that come with them, you need a plan, and it needs to be a well-thought-out plan. A new habit, a new cycle. After all, aren't we smarter than a blue card? Can we see the lures? Can we stand to our feet? I want you to be completely honest with yourself today. Right now, right here in this moment. What temptation are you facing? And ask the question, where am I vulnerable? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak to every heart and every life right now and and Lord I thank you that you gave us that demonstration prayer the Lord's prayer and even in that prayer it says lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one Lord I ask for the spirit of wisdom to fall on everybody in this place right now wisdom Lord God that loving conviction that you can bring Lord, you don't want us to stay the same. You want us to be changed and transformed. Lord, give people the wisdom to shut doors, the strategy to walk forward. Lord, and the the power to walk out of addictions into freedom that we have in you. So, Lord, I just thank you that you are speaking to your people now with the spirit of revelation and wisdom. And Lord, I thank you that we are smarter than the blue card. Lord, that we can see into our future. And Lord, uh, our future looks good with you in the midst of it, you in the center of it. Love, joy, hope, peace, freedom.
Lord, I thank you that you have us on a journey and it's to be more like you. So right now we praise you, we worship you, we honor you, we lift you up and we declare that you are a good God. In Jesus' name, amen.